We're going to talk about one of the true legends of this music. Of course, all we're talking about are legends, but some legends are more well-known than others. This is one of the more well-known legends. Miles Davis once said, the history of jazz can be summarized in only four words. And those four words are Louis Armstrong, Charlie Parker. And today we're going to talk about Charlie Parker, better known as Bird. Born in 1920 in Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, that's right across the line from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, mother and father were both working people. Father was actually kind of an entertainer, singer, dancer. Was out there on the circuit for a while. And then uh, he ended up uh, becoming a pullman and a shelf uh, on railways for just a more steady uh, income to support his family. Mom worked uh, at nights in a telegraph office for Western Union. So a typical, uh, you know, uh, family, you know, probably uh, middle class, upper middle class for uh, black folks. Uh, Father, of course, was definitely African-American. Mother was uh, part African-American and part Choctaw, uh, Native American. Uh, so in that environment, uh, Charlie Parker had things that other kids did not have. Early on, he decided he wanted to play the alto saxophone, and so mom went out and bought him a brand new alto saxophone. That's something. Uh, for a family to be able to do for their kid, a black family to be able to do for their kids, uh, in the 30s. This is right after uh, the Depression and whatnot. But she went out and bought him that saxophone, and he went to town. He was a practicer. Uh, there is an um, uh, uh, interview in which he says that at one point in his life, he practiced uh, anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a day four or five days a week for three or four years. So he was very serious about pursuing uh, control of the alto saxophone. And um, that probably accounts for how later in life um, they uh, talked about how clean, how fast, how, how unbelievable his uh, technique was. Uh, on the instrument as he is negotiating through this new harmonic and uh, melodic language uh, we know as bebop. Now, like all the other musicians in this era, he started out in the swing bands, uh, playing local gigs. Uh, he got to that pretty quickly. Uh, he went to Lincoln High School out there in uh, Kansas City, but did not graduate. As soon as he could get a union card, he did. And uh, he started uh, working, got married young, and still pursued himself uh, the career he wanted, which was music. Uh, one of the things that most people don't know about Charlie Parker, we knew that he had a kind of uh, drug dependency. Most people knew that. But most people did not know that it comes from an incident in which he was almost killed in a car accident on the way to a gig early in his life and it caused uh, some serious fractures uh, of his spine, and um, he was prescribed medication and uh, continued to use medications for pain 
for the rest of his life, and unfortunately, some of the medications that he used included heroin, which probably uh, was not the very best choice to make, but uh, it was his pain and the way he chose to treat it, and of, of course, as we all know, it led to a early demise for him. But that's uh, a part of the puzzle that many people do not know. This was all stimulated by a very early uh, and unfortunate uh, car accident. But what that did is while he was recuperating and uh, uh, being rehabilitated from that uh, near-death experience of the car accident, uh, he poured himself back into practicing. Uh, and he's practicing things that uh, are advanced concepts which led him to go to a jam session. And um, in the middle of that jam session, uh, Joe Jones, that is Papa Joe Jones, uh, launched a cymbal at him, which uh, landed at his feet, uh, pretty much uh, urging him to shut up and get off the stage. Uh, of course, uh, Bird did that, but he went home and started practicing even more in order to make his craft a little bit more acceptable to the ears who were not, uh, how should I say this, friendly to his approach to harmony and melody and time that was coming with the evolution of this music we call jazz and bebop. Um, after playing in uh, big bands uh, in Kansas area, he finds himself in New York doing the same thing. Uh, we all know uh, Cab Calloway and uh, the Heinz band, he played to those big bands where he met Dizzy, and together they created uh, this, uh, this new bebop music. Uh, great innovator in terms of harmony, um, alternative harmony. Even on the blues, there are changes for tunes like Blues for Alice that we just know as bird changes. He had his own harmonic language, his own sense of uh, substitute chords and uh, alternative extensions and alterations of harmony. And uh, because he was such a prolific practice of his instrument, he could execute anything that he thought. Uh, he also uh, loved classical music. And this led to a period of his life uh, where he recorded uh, with strings, just beautiful tunes like I remember Paris and Porgy and Bess and things like that uh, with a stringed accompaniment. His sound was, could be uh, bluesy and harsh and dark, or it could be sweet and bright and clear. And he used all of his uh, sonic palettes uh, in the albums he created uh, with strings which kind of led to third stream music, which is simply a uh, collaboration of jazz with classical music influences. Uh, Bird was there for that too, uh, a new innovation that led to the music we know as third stream, probably come from his early collaboration with strings as a complement for those particular albums. Um, what can we say about a guy who gave us Law Yardbird Speak on anthology, uh, so many other great, many Mocha, we can just go on and on his compositions, uh, our standard uh, 
pieces of study for all jazz musicians, and uh, his uh, method books, all the transcriptions that are out there, uh, the Omnibook, etc. That's also basic repertoire for all young uh, jazz students. And so I guess uh, Miles Davis could be right. If you want uh, to get uh, the history of jazz in just a few words, you start with Louis Armstrong and you got Charlie Parker, and that's pretty much how it goes, and everything we do comes out of those four names. Um, I can't say enough about the influence that Bird has had over the music and the musicians. Uh, one of my favorite clubs to go to is Birdland uh, in New York. But uh, Charlie Parker had clubs being named for him while he was still alive. So he was most certainly a living legend, despite all of his demons, including the addiction. Uh, like uh, Monk, uh, in the final years of his life, uh, he was cared for by Baroness Nika in her apartment in New York City, and that is where he uh, died at the age of 35 uh, years of age, uh, just kind of um, sick and tired um, of not having the commercial success that his genius would suggest he should have had, and also by having a dependency that, um, let's just say, destroyed uh, his body over time. Thank God we are left with hundreds and hundreds of recordings and manuscripts and testimonies and all sorts of tributes to this great genius, Charlie Bird Parker. And why was he called Bird? Because he loved chicken, that's why. As he loved himself some fried chicken. That probably didn't help him his body a little bit anyway, uh, especially with the other stuff he was doing. But you know what? At least when he had some fried chicken in his hand, he was a happy man. Uh, Bird was not always uh, seen with a smile. But whenever he put that instrument in his mouth, everyone near him smiled because he was truly the mad scientist and the genius at work expressing himself through his music. Charlie Parker, thank you.